The series is called First Things, Priorities of the Good Life. Today we're talking about the priority of connecting. You say, well, why not just talk about the priority of relationships? Well, not all relationships connect very well. Connecting requires us to take responsibility for our emotional destiny. Where are your emotions taking you? Emotions have an incredible control over us. You know, philosophers throughout the ages have talked about whether the head or the heart leads. Does the head lead the heart? Does the heart lead the head? Is there a relationship there? There certainly is. The great illustration about this is an elephant and a rider. The rider represents your head, the elephant represents your heart, your feelings. And, uh, and so a, a lot of times people think that the, the rider is, control, in, is in control of the elephant, but you know, just walking your dog, sometimes your dog walks you, right? So we have to recognize that this is part and parcel of what it takes to grow spiritually. You say, Tim, this, this, uh, this business of talking and focusing on emotions doesn't sound very spiritual to me. Well, imagine two people on their elephants and they're having a discussion. And one elephant keeps bumping into the other elephant and knocking the other rider. And the first uh, rider says, don't pay any attention to what the elephants are doing. Doesn't make any difference. We're having a spiritual discussion here, right? Well, obviously, what our emotions do uh, has a great bearing on our destiny in our relationships. And so in order to connect well, we have to learn to take responsibility, responsibility for our emotions. How do we do that? Well, I think what we're going to see today is that the answer is to draw some healthy lines. From the Word of God, John chapter 7, starting with verse 36. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to John 7, 36. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, asked Jesus to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at, at, reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and wiped them with her hair on her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known what sort of woman this was who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, The one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, You've judged rightly. Then he turned towards this woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she's not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, 
her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is God's word. Let's pray. God, bless us now through this word, not only to our minds to receive it, but to our hearts to believe it, that through our lives we may live it. In Jesus' name, amen. Henry Cloud, who wrote a book called Boundaries, said this. He said, we've all been around middle-aged people who have the boundaries of an 18-month-old. They have tantrums or sulk when others set limits on them, or they simply fold and comply with others just to keep the peace. Our emotions are taking us somewhere. Your emotions are taking you on a, on a trip. They're taking you into your relationships. And they are a window into what's going on with the whole of you, with your soul. And so we need to, um, we need to recognize that taking responsibility for our emotions is a big part of our spiritual lives, a big part of growing spiritually. The, uh, uh, the prophet Jeremiah from the Old Testament attests to this in the conversation he has with God. He's complaining to God. He's pouring out his feelings to God. And he's saying, people are mean. And that's essentially what he's saying. He said, you haven't... And, and there's a response from God in the text in Jeremiah. He says, if you have run with people and have fallen, how will you run with horses. Well, that's an incredible image between dealing with our emotions now and what we're destined for, ultimately, to deal with people who have been in the presence of God for ages. How will we walk with them? How will we interact with people in the weight of glory? And so we need to deal with our emotions. We need to learn to deal with our emotions. How? By drawing healthy boundaries by drawing lines that represent healthy boundaries. We need to draw a line, these three lines. One between uh, what we expect of God and people, a line between you and me, between you and other people, and a line between fact and feeling. So those are the three lines we need to draw in order to be able to connect well, to take responsibility for our emotions, and be able to connect well in our relationships. Between what we expect of God and people, between people and between fact and feeling. So, let's go. First, between what we expect of God and what we expect of other people. Now, this is going to sound you know, pretty, pretty straightforward if you're, if you're a Christian. That there's certain things that we should expect of God that we shouldn't expect of other people. That there's some things that only God can satisfy, even on an emotional level. Uh, I, I heard this story about a year ago of a pastor that I, I know of who who had permission to tell this woman's story. And she had gone from relationship to relationship to relationship. And she finally said to the pastor, she said, you know, I'm just not finding any satisfaction in these relationships. And so she pursued a career. And she came back to him and said, you know what? I'm expecting of the career the same thing I was expecting of these relationships. You know, the mathematician and philosopher Blaise Pascal is famous for saying, that there's this God-shaped vacuum that only God can fill. 
And, and we know this, but on an emotional level, do we really connect with God in a way that truly expects from Him that which we cannot get from people? This woman here is like the woman in the story I just told. Uh, she has heard about Jesus in this open house of uh, festive gathering. Um, you say, well, what's she doing there? If Simon, uh, uh, who owned the house, objected her, to her being there uh, or objected to the life she was living, why was she in the house? Well, it was kind of an open uh, celebration. And uh, so, so Simon was a member of the elite, and Simon had a very large estate. And so you would see all kinds of people uh, coming in. Some were personally invited. Jesus was, was invited. And he was invited kind of as a rock star, you know, almost like a party favor in a way. And so here uh, is Simon building his reputation through, uh, through this gathering and through the people that he's invited. And here's this woman who has this jar, this alabaster jar. Now, let me explain what this is. This, this alabaster jar is a, a jar of oil that's scented. And if she is indeed what he's implying she is, a prostitute, a woman of the street, a woman of the city, then this would have been very important to her trade. That may sound a little graphic, but it's pretty important. You know, if you, it's not like they had running water. Um, they weren't taking showers every day. It's pretty important to look your best and to smell good. And this would be pretty important to her. And here she is essentially pouring out that former life on the feet of Jesus. Just breaking that jar. You'd have to break the jar in order to, 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 to get to what's inside of it. She broke the jar and poured it. It's an incredible image of pouring herself out. Now, that doesn't mean now that since she's connecting with God on a personal level, on an emotional level, that she's now impervious to uh, the hurt of people around her. Of course she is. But now she has a deep reservoir from which to draw when people hurt her or disappoint her, just like you and I do. When we trust in God on the level of our emotions, when we recognize there are certain things that He can do, forgiveness, for example. I mean, if you're going to have a relationship, any relationship that is sustained, it's going to have to include forgiveness regularly. And people who have been forgiven are good forgivers. That's how Billy Graham put it uh, when he was talking about marriage. He said, you know, marriage is the union of two great forgivers. And so here's someone who now has this connection, this personal connection with God on an emotional level. She has this reservoir and she's not, she's no longer, uh, she, well, of course she'll expect from people that they'll disappoint her. She's not going to say, well, I can't believe you didn't. Well, actually I could believe that you didn't because I also let you down. And so we're no longer moving towards people with our jumper cables out, just ready to hook onto them and suck the life out of them and saying, I need this from you. Now, there are certain legitimate things we do need from each other, and God does meet our needs even emotionally through one another. But at the deepest level of identity and acceptance, when you have that connection to God, you've got a reservoir from which to draw when people disappoint you. And, you know, you can run like the woman, for that, that I, the story I told from the pastor who told that story. You can run. You can keep running. But wherever you go, as they say, there you are. So the first line we have to draw is, is between what we expect of God and what we expect of other people. 
There are some things that only God can satisfy, even on an emotional level. Second, we need to draw lines between you and me, between you and, and other people. Uh, Edwin Friedman uh, put it this way. He said, you need to separate so you don't separate. In other words, you've you got to be able to tell people where your toes are if you're going to keep dancing with them. You've got to learn to tell people where their toes are and if they're on them. You've got to learn to tell people that their elephant is bumping your elephant. Right? You've got to learn to be able to take responsibility for your emotional destiny, your emotional life, if you're going to keep walking side by side. Now, uh, my favorite story about this, where someone's taking or failed to take responsibility for their emotions, and it looked sort of spiritual, is, uh, is, is a story from a friend of mine long ago named Paul, whose, whose grandparents were at a Thanksgiving dinner. And his grandfather cut off the butt end of, of the bread and gave it to his grandmother, gave it to his, his wife. And, um, and so grandma takes the, the butt end of that bread and throws it, and it bounces right off grandpa's forehead. And he looks at her and says, have you lost your mind? <laughs> and everybody's wondering, what's going on here? Why is there suddenly this conflict? And she says to him, for 47 years, you have been giving me the butt end of the bread, and I'm sick of it. And he says, well, for 47 years, I've been giving you my favorite piece. Now, what does that represent? First of all, here's a, here's a woman who, who, who didn't just simply say, hey, I don't like that end of the bread. And a lot of times we tell ourselves, well, we're being selfless, right? We're, we're not, we're not going to be fussy. Um, we're not going to be self-centered and always try to get our way. Well, that's fine as long as that's what's really going on. But sometimes we play a role of sort of suffering servant or dutiful person, you know, dutiful wife or dutiful husband. We both do this. Uh, men and women do this. And we pretend instead of being real, instead of being honest about where our toes are, where the line is. Jesus is confronting Simon. He's saying, look, you're treating me like a what, not a who. And it's not good for you, Simon. And in confronting Simon, this is what I want you to see, is in confronting Simon, he's helping Simon deal with Simon. Let me read to you another quotation from Henry Cloud. He says this, When we begin to set boundaries with people we love, a really hard thing happens. They hurt. They may feel a hole where you used to plug up their aloneness, their disorganization or their financial irresponsibility. Whatever it is, they will feel a loss. If you love them, this will be difficult for you to watch. But when you're dealing with someone who is hurting, remember that your boundaries are both necessary for you and helpful to them. If you've been enabling them to be irresponsible, your limit setting may nudge them toward responsibility. You see, this is exactly what's happening. Jesus is letting Simon deal with Simon. Simon has chained up his elephant somewhere in the backyard. It's like he doesn't have any emotions. He doesn't, he doesn't have emotions that connect with God or other people. He's, he's a poker face. I've known many people like this. And sometimes that's been me. Sometimes it's been you. you know, we pretend. We hide behind our face, right? And, and we're not really uh, dealing with our own, uh, our own feelings, how we really are, are, are interacting with other people. And when, when you treat God like a what, as Simon is treating Jesus like a what, you're going to treat other people 
like a what? If you don't know how to, uh, where the boundary lines are between you and other people, where you stop and other people start, right? If you don't know yourself, you're not going to know where that line is. And you're going to step all over people's toes. And so Jesus is compassionate in his tough love, in his confrontation. Jesus is helping Simon deal with Simon. If Simon really wants to deal with Simon, he can continue to not deny what's really going on. He can continue to, to keep himself um, to where he's not feeling vulnerable. He can keep putting that shell over himself and not really deal with God and not deal with himself. But as long as he's going to do that, he's not going to connect very well with other people. You see? That's why Edmund Freeman says, you have to separate a little so you don't separate much. You have to learn to tell people where your toes are. You have to take responsibility for your own emotions so that you can honestly connect with people. And it does begin with vulnerability with God. And that's where we're going next. Because you and I need to know not only the, the line between what we expect from God and other people, and the line between you and me and you and other people, we need to know the line between fact and feeling. We need to know the line between what's really real and our distortion of that reality. You know, a lot of times we like our distortions. We like our illusions. And we begin to buy into our own press releases, our own fantasy of what's really real. And that does affect our ability to connect with other people. If we're not being truthful with ourselves, if we don't know that the way we feel about something isn't really real, it doesn't really match up with what's really going on, then it's going to affect your ability to connect. And get back to the elephant and the rider. What's in charge? Where's that elephant taking you? Is that elephant in a panic? Is that elephant lurching in a direction that, that, uh, that you don't want to go? You know, in our day and age, the biggest idol that we have in, in, in the West right now is feelings, individual feelings. It's like you can't even touch them. You can't even tell somebody that uh, the way they feel about something may, you can't even call it into question. It's like, it's like sacred. You see, you've noticed this, right? It's like, well, this is the way I feel about it. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's the end of that conversation because I don't want to hurt your feelings because people have so idolized their feelings. They are their feelings. They become their feelings. And it's very unhealthy. There's a line between fact and feeling, and we have to know where that line is. See, what's going on with, with Simon and what's going on with Jesus' confrontation of Simon is Simon wants a God, but he wants him at a distance. He wants a God in general, and Jesus doesn't allow it. Doesn't allow it for you and me either. He kind of messes up that whole plan where you can orient life around yourself and your feelings and your illusions. God comes in and, like that elephant and, and busts all that up. See, Simon is protecting himself from getting close to God. And as a result... He cannot truly get close to other people. And that's true for you and me. He's embarrassed by what he's seeing, this display of this woman. You know, she's letting her hair down. And you know what that means. It mean, meant that day and age what it means in this day and age. She's being very vulnerable, very transparent, very intimate. And Jesus is saying to Simon, Simon, I know, look, you don't like all the drama. But then he tells the parable, right? And he says, look, if, if you are a little sinner then you're going to see uh, God as a little Savior. But if you're a big sinner, you're going to see God as a big Savior. 
You're going to see the Messiah as coming in and really saving the day. And that's going to be dramatic. It's going to be personal on any level if you make the connection between your need and God's provision. Well, Simon doesn't want that. He doesn't want the vulnerability. It's uncomfortable to him. It doesn't mean it's going to look the same for him as it does or for you as it does for this woman. I mean, she was coming from an extreme, like Paul, he was coming from an extreme place. And so Paul's conversion isn't a template for everybody. But Jesus is saying you have to connect personally with God if you're going to connect with him at all. You can't connect with God in general. Otherwise, what you're doing is you're just taking a, a what, a concept, and you're making God in your own image, and you're shaping it around yourself and your biases and your illusions. And as a result, you're not really dealing with fact. You're only dealing with your feelings. You're not dealing with what endures. You're not dealing with what really matches up with reality. And as a result, you're going to hurt your ability to connect with God, and you're going to hurt your ability to connect with other people. Because you're going to move towards them with those illusions, and you're going to step all over them. Or you're going to miss them altogether. And G.K. Chesterton responded to an article in uh, the Saturday Evening Post um, you know, 150 years ago when he, was, uh, when he lived. And the question was, what's wrong with the world today? And all kinds of people answered, uh, lengthy answers. He wrote two words in response to that question, what's wrong with the world today? He wrote, I am. He took ownership. People who connect with God on a personal level, people who are forgiven, people who are accepted by God, they can take ownership of how they contribute to the conflict in your house. They take ownership on how they contribute to what's going on in the world today. Are you? Do you have that freedom? you have the freedom to look at the truth about what's really going on inside you and around you and see sometimes you're the problem. You have a certain ownership, a certain percentage. You can take a certain responsibility and not be destroyed by it. You see, this is what it takes to connect well in all our relationships. We have to learn to expect some things from God on an emotional level that we can't expect from other people and not to expect from other people what only God can satisfy. We have to learn the line between us and other people or we're going to treat them like a what and not a who. We have to learn to know the difference between illusion and reality, feeling and fact. We've got to allow God to get all the way into those places of vulnerability so that we can learn to connect with Him and we can then be empowered that deep reservoir to connect with each other. Let's pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the ways that you love us that empower us to love other people. May you who started this good work within us be faithful to complete it. In Jesus' name, amen.